0: Everybody, We are back. Welcome back to the Transcend Human Podcast. Great to be with you. Uh, This episode will launch tomorrow, September 12, 2022. Um, But I am recording on a Sunday afternoon here in beautiful Southern California. The sun is out. It's warm. um, Beautiful day. So where are we at? Let's see. So last week we wrapped up a series, a five-week series on transcendent deconstruction. And I think I may have mentioned at the end um, that we would be discussing content this week. Well, that's not going to happen. We're going to have to push transcendent content out a week or two just because life happens, right? This week has literally been one for the history books, both in terms of difficulty, but also some amazing things that took center stage this week. And I'll jump into a few of those um, in the episode today. I I think I... Tried a few times to start researching content uh, for the for the episode I wanted to do, only to get pulled away by something else or to have my brain tell me, "Nope, sorry, that ain't happening today." But whatever the case, um, before I knew it, the weekend was here, and I had nothing. I had no episode ready to record. So out of necessity, we're gonna throw in another transcendent rant. Me with a hot mic basically going through a few topics that are just kind of front and center, front of mind, top of mind right now in my life. So that said, let's jump in and let's see where this one goes. Today's topic, the Transcendent Rant, chapter two. Today, we're going to talk about three things. First, we're going to do a deconstruction summary. Second, we're going to talk letting go and letting God. And then finally, we're going to wrap things up with fostering has become a reality. So number one, Deconstruction summary. So, like I said, we just finished up a five-week series called Transcendent Deconstruction. And I I just can't even tell you how important that was to me. Uh, I think I've said it before, but you know, I typically pick topics like this because they're they're felt need, they're top of mind in society. It's something that we're all kind of wrestling with or we all kind of see in, in our culture. So that was one of the reasons. Uh, why I wanted to do the series. But then the other was because of me, right? Because it was something that I was dealing with. It was something that I was feeling very strongly internally. And so on the one hand, I'm researching it for a podcast episode. But on the other hand, I'm literally going through it, walking through it, trying to make sense of it. And so anytime I can do an episode or a series that, that kills two birds with one stone like that, Uh, it's really important to me. And so it was a fun five weeks. If you weren't here, I would head back, check that out if you have time. Um, If you were here for all five, congratulations. Glad you were with us. Hope you got something out of it, something that may have triggered something in you um, in whatever level of deconstruction you are at, if any. So as we walked through the series... You know, I mean, literally you can deconstruct from just about anything, right? We talked about deconstructing from the old wives' tales our parents taught us, to deconstructing politics, to deconstructing maybe racism, um, you know, all sorts of things. But we focused mainly on religious or faith deconstruction. That was really what the entire episode was for because that's really the movement, um, that I see in the culture, right? The, the deconstruction movement is just rolling out of control, um, as we approach the end of time per se. And we ended with an episode called the transcendent future. So what did that mean for me? Well, I tried to pull everything that we had talked about together into the final episode and really talk about what does it mean to go through a process of deconstruction, regardless of where you end up, right? Whether you end up still a Christian, whether you end up clear on the opposite end of the spectrum as an agnostic or atheist, but then what do you do? Once you once you reach that end goal that you have for yourself, or you find yourself at the end of your deconstruction process, then what does the future hold? And so that was really what that last episode was all about, was, was talking through the transcendent future. So for me, um, I talked about being indoctrinated as an, as a child, I talked about the enlightenment process where you start to kind of see through some of it and you start to ask questions and you start to have doubts. Then we walked through the deconstruction process. And then the last element is really some level of either reconstruction. So kind of going back and adding things back to what you grew up with or potentially developing a new worldview altogether and we really kind of refer to this as the end of the line, right? Taking the train all the way to the end of the line. When you deconstruct and you head all that way, you typically end up either as agnostic or atheist, right? So that's so that's the end end of the line, so to speak, for deconstruction if you go all the way to the end. Now, that happens for a lot of people, but there are also a lot of people who Still believe in God they still believe in Jesus. they still have this spirituality about them and the the deconstruction process really has to do with the religious stuff, right the denominational stuff, the the cult-like behavior um, that kind of set in over time or or you were indoctrinated with as a child and you need to get rid of all that stuff in order to fully realize the spiritual life that you have within you. So at the end of the day, I guess in my situation, the question is, am I done? And to that, I would say, probably not. What does my deconstruction mean moving forward for me? Well, let's put it this way. So Tammy asked me the other day, she said, so where are you at now with your faith? And then she pretty quickly followed that up with another question. She said, uh, what are we going to do when it comes to church? And it made me think, like, I know, I know we have to start making some decisions about that kind of stuff, because at this point, we're not going to church. We're we're literally doing our own thing, getting our own level of spiritual feeding through podcasts, through messages online, things like that. So still reading and still engaging in our, our spirituality, but at the same time, the whole corporate church experience has all but stopped. And so it's a good question, right? When she reached out and she said, hey, what are we doing? What are we gonna do here? Are we gonna make some decisions? What are we gonna do? Um, I realized that that's the current dilemma that I'm, I'm stuck in, right? I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. And those two places are hardline traditional church, so denominational church, right? The church that, like the church I grew up in. And I lean toward these because of the focus on truth and the focus that, you know, they're, they're not looking to become mega churches. However, these tend to be very legalistic churches, and they're very afraid of progressive ideas. And so I don't really feel connected to that type of church anymore. And then on the other side, you have the megachurch movement, right? Fueled by the formula, quickly becoming a big business item, very inauthentic too progressive in that they can sacrifice truth simply to increase attendance and to become more popular. And they tend to adopt fairly manipulative agendas in order to promote themselves and keep moving forward and keep growing. Now, quick note here, notice I didn't even mention the Christian nationalist movement, um, the religious right, if you will, because to me, this group doesn't even factor into my, my question. Like this isn't even up for debate. I don't even view this group as a religious group. The religious right, these these people in politics who are pushing the Christian nationalist agenda, are 100% a political movement. They simply misuse religious rhetoric in order to further their agenda. So again, this leaves me in the middle. I still believe in church, but the two options that I talked about just aren't for me anymore. So what I'm looking for really is something right in the middle, and it's something that may not exist, or if it does, it's very difficult for me to find. So I'm looking for a progressive church that has their heads in the right place, one that doesn't plan on taking over the world, becoming a megachurch, but one that focuses mainly on the way Jesus lived, the Jesus way, working to love others as themselves, working to serve first and be accepting of all people. Realizing that there are things that we don't understand and being okay with that. For Tammy and I, this literally leaves us in a tough spot because we know that we can serve others outside the church. We know that we can do our own Bible study, read good books, listen to messages online. But at the same time, there's very little in the way of community outside of the church. I mean, you can find it. If you work really hard, you can create community outside of the church. But it's hard and it's really quiet. (laughs) It's quiet out here when you're not part of a church. It can be lonely. So, at some point, we will head back into the church world. The problem for me is being able to go back with an open mind, giving the church the benefit of the doubt, trusting them again, and trying to be a part of something that I've learned so many negative things about over the last two to three years. So that's really all I have to say about that. But you can wish us luck as we engage that next leg of our journey. Number two, letting go and letting God. So this is a fun little mantra that you'll hear in the Christian bubble from now, now and then. Um, It's similar to saying, oh, it's a God thing. Basically, you're just admitting that there are things that we can't control Things that happen on more of a fate level or a karma level, or in this case, because God is ultimately in control of everything. And while I tend to get a little snarky when I hear that super churchy stuff, you know, um, on some level I get it, right? And I do believe it because looking back, there are things that you just can't explain about your life, things that you didn't understand at the time, for sure. Things like, Good things that worked out perfectly, even when you had nothing to do with it, right? You didn't do anything to make it happen and yes and yet this perfect little thing worked out. a door opened, um, a, a connection was made, you networked with somebody and all of a sudden you have this opportunity for a new job or something like that that just came out of the blue. So those are good things. Maybe there was a bad thing that actually when you look back, it turned out to be a good thing in disguise. At the time, you were heartbroken. You are like, oh my goodness, I can't believe bad things happen to good people. But you look back and you realize that that bad thing was actually one of the best things that could have happened to me at that time. And then the final thing are the bad things that are bad, right? Bad things that you have to go through, you have to make it through, and somehow you manage to make it through those things by the skin of your teeth. And on some level, you have to admit that there was something there the whole time. There was something working behind the scenes, a guiding hand, a stabilizing force, something that superseded your wimpy little attempts at controlling that situation. Now, that said, we're coming up on one of those situations that should really scare the heck out of us. So in less than a year, Tammy and I are going to have to move the house we're leasing Um, took on new ownership a little less than a year ago. And the family that bought the house is okay. You know, they're, they're totally fine with us staying in the house until our lease is up, which is in May of 2023. But then at that point, they want their house back, right? They want to move in. They have little kids. They want to send these kids to the school that's right across the street. It's kind of like their end game, right? They bought the house because they want to be in this neighborhood. And so that means we're out, right? We need to find a new place by May of 2023. Now, why is this a big deal? Well, we live in Southern California. And while the housing market has got a little crazy all across the country, there are definitely places like Southern California and the Bay Area and Seattle. And uh, you know there there are just places all across the country where things have gone to a whole new level not only with the cost of leasing or the cost of buying a new house, but also with the number of houses that are even available on the market. And we know this because about a year and a half ago, we were kind of in a situation where we thought we might have to start looking for another house at that time. And so this is in the middle of COVID. Um, The number of houses available on the market was so low that there were literally 5 houses when we did when we did a zillow search to try to figure out what was available in our area it literally brought back 5 homes now when you live in an area with hundreds of thousands of people 5 homes is not enough because that means that there are tons and tons of people applying for the same property you're applying for. And anytime at, there's like you know 50, 60, 70 applications on a property, what does the owner do? Well they look at the they look at the family that makes the most money. They look at the family that has the the best chance of paying them, not only paying them per month or, you know, not defaulting on a payment, but even paying above and beyond. And so what we were finding was that people in this area were making side deals, right? They were like, hey, I'll give you 20 grand up front if you give us this place and we'll pay extra per month in order to be here. Or there were people who were coming in and just flat out saying, hey, I'll pay you for the entire year instead of month by month. And these are the kinds of things that there's no way that we can do, right? We just can't compete with that level of uh, disposable income. And so this is what's going on in the area, and this is what we know is coming before May of 2023. So the normal human response to this is what? Anxiety, fear, right? This is what we should be feeling because on paper, it's not going to be fun. Financially, we're not the best. There will be many other families who will be above us in terms of looks good on paper. So if we were to look into our future and believe that it would be 100% based on our efforts, things don't look good, right? Things look pretty bleak. But this is where God comes in, letting go and letting him work his magic not because he owes us something, right? It's not like it's a payment because we chose to believe in him. No, he wants to help us because we're his kids. It's as simple as that. Just the way we want to give our kids good things and keep them from experiencing pain and suffering. God wants to do the same for us. So how do we know this? How do we know that that's how he operates? Well, for me, it's by looking back. It's by looking back into my past and seeing all of the places where he worked in my life. It's the historical view that helps me have a more accurate future view. And this is where we're at. So this is where Tammy and I are at, choosing to believe the best, staying positive, knowing that God will need to show up in order for things to work out. But at the same time, believing that he will, believing that he wants to play a role in our story. And all of this instead of that reflex to become anxious and fearful and angry about the situation that we're in. Number three, fostering has become a reality. So I'm pretty sure that we've discussed this on the podcast um, over the years, probably in episodes that I've done, but then also um, in the parenting series that we did, Tammy and I did together. I think we talked about it as well. So I'm not going to go into great detail here. Um, but being part of the foster care system, if you will, has something, has been something that Tammy has always been interested in and not just being a foster parent. She's, she's had a passion for the system itself, you know, the, the social workers, the court, the, the way that families are worked with the, the intended outcomes, you know, whether that be pulling kids from homes or always working toward reunification. Um, she's always been very um, interested in and passionate about that system and the way it works and the fact that kids often fall through the cracks because of the system. And so over the years, you know, she started asking me questions like, hey, do you, do you think you would ever be a foster parent? Do you think it would ever be something that you would do? Um, and I was like, yeah, probably, I guess. I don't know. It's it's not a passion area for me, but at the same time, I'm, I am a social worker and I do – view the world through that lens. And so, um, yeah, I was, I was on board, but it always felt like we were on different pages at different times. So there were times where, you know, she would be super passionate about it and she would come to me and I would always have, you know, some, some cons, some negatives, right? Like, well, you know, we're in this weird situation, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I would, you know, I would push back and then we wouldn't do anything about it. And then there were times where I was pretty open to it, and you know, because of her work situation or, or just the the phase of life she was in or our kids were in, she was like, "Yeah, let's uh, let's just hold off." You know, this we got to get through this phase in our life. And so over time, it just never got started. It never got done because both of us were on and off again um, on different pages. And then we moved to California and eventually Tammy started working for the church that I was working for. And the job that she was doing was actually related to the foster care ministry. And so she was actively involved in, you know, working with foster kids and foster parents through the church. She was pretty closely connected to the county and able to work with the county social workers, um, providing services for them and, and really making their lives better. And so so that was really good, right? That was, that was her being able to scratch that itch a little bit um, through her job. And then at some point that ended. And so at some point it came up again, right? We, we finally got around to, to having the conversation, both of us realizing, look, if we don't just do this, we're never going to do it. And so we really just need to jump in, start the paperwork, go through the classes and just knock it out. So that's what we did. We jumped in, we signed up, we got started, and then COVID hit, of course. Now, COVID basically just slowed down the process, right? A lot of the trainings and a lot of the educational stuff that you would do, you would probably do in person. And so that had to be transferred into online content and things that you could do online in order to finish it out. So it took longer than it was supposed to, but eventually after probably more than a year um, of jumping through all the right hoops, um, we finally received our license in the mail. So we are now a licensed resource family in the state of Indiana. Now, resource family, foster parent, same thing. It's just in the state of California, they refer to foster parents as resource families. And that's really what it is, right? That's really what we are signing up to be is a resource families who are having these issues in the community. And so we dove in and, you know, we told the social worker, this is why we're doing it. We, We are not signing up to be adoptive parents, like we're not looking to find the perfect child so that we can have another child and adopt it and have it as our own. We really want to be a resource to the system, a resource to families in the community. And that means we, we should have multiple kids, right? We should have kid after kid after kid so that we're providing that service that needs provided while a family goes through the things that they need to go through, does the work they need to do in order to get their child back. And so that's really what we had set out to do. We received our license. And then literally within the first week, we already had a list of kids that they were trying to place. So, this is how big the need is, my friends. If you are interested at all in being a resource family, I would encourage you to sign up, do the training, and get licensed because there are kids who could use a good family while their parents are working through some issues that they need to work through. So, like I said, the minute we got licensed, we already had a list of kids that needed placement, right? So, we looked through all the cases, we tried to figure out what would be the best fit for our family. We talked to social workers we talked to um, you know resource families who already had some of these kids and within a week uh, we had already agreed to take one of the kiddos on the list so we picked her up this weekend um, and we are literally scrambling to get the educational plan ironed out um, in this new environment so that she can move into the new school get all of her uh, records transferred you know, have everything set up and just keep moving forward with her educational plan. So it's been a whirlwind of a weekend, but here we are. So we're two days into it. We've literally dove into the deep end of the pool. We're nervous, but at the same time, we're excited, right? This is a major change for us, for Tammy and me. Right now, our youngest is a senior in high school, So he's completely self-sufficient, drives himself to school, to work. He hangs out with friends. Basically, we're empty nesters. So we just added a five-year-old girl in kindergarten back into our house. And that is a shock to the system, to be sure. I mean, think about your home. If you had kids that were in high school and college, it's not child-proofed. There probably aren't many toys. Um, You're used to things being very quiet. Um, you're used to things moving at a pretty slow pace and then you take, a, an energizer bunny, put them in the middle of a room, turn it on and let it go to town. And that's basically, that's how it works. Right. But we're excited. Like I said, we're up for the challenge on some level. This is something that we've been practicing for, for years. Tammy and I are both social workers. We both worked with kids in our jobs. We raised our own three kids, and we've always wanted to be part of the solution when it comes to helping the least in our community, the people who are experiencing pain and suffering in our community. And so we're excited to be on this journey, right? And we can't wait to see how God uses us in the the lives of multiple kiddos in the system for years to come. Now, I don't want to say any more or say too much about this because this really isn't about me, right? This has always been a Tammy thing. And I'm just privileged enough to be part of the story. I get to come along beside her and experience the journey with her. Because of this, I don't feel like it's my story to tell. So I've I've asked Tammy if she would come on the podcast on a regular basis and talk about the story and about the journey that we've undertaken. But we'll see. The verdict is still out, but I think I can convince her. So I just need to figure out a few things before then Uh, where and how to add it into the Transcend Human podcast. But I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope that that'll work out. So more on that in the future. But for today, let's land the plane. So thanks again for indulging me. in another transcendent rant. This one turned out to be much more personal than the last one, which ended up being a primer on eschatology. Uh, So hopefully you found this endearing compared to the last one, but I'm hoping to get back on track in the next week or two with another felt need topic. Uh, But like I said, I'm also going to put some pressure on Tammy to see if I can't get her to join me and talk about this foster parent journey that we're on. So many good things. Too many things coming down the line at one time. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm hopeful. Like I said, I'm thankful to all of you who came along for the ride with us. Um, Until next time, everyone, have a great week. And as always, keep transcending human.